0: Joshua Cribbs turns disaster into a score!
1: Ugly, misformed little creature who
0: has no purpose here, no meaning. I am a human being. Washed it down with one beer, what? two beers, what? three beers, what? a shot of whiskey, what? a margarita, what? and a bloody berry. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? Swung out and drilled! Deep right center! Away! Back! Gone
1: for Tony! Irving and Curry, one-on-one. Irving puts it up. Let's go! Kyrie Irving from downtown! Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton? Awful. Awesome. How is she awful? Kate's freedom. Uh- and now, Any Given Podcast with your hosts, Brendan Ward and Ethan Simpson.
0: Everybody and welcome on into another fantastic episode of Any Given Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Brendan Ward, sitting across the internet from my main man, Ethan Simpson. How are you? Not too bad today, Ethan. Uh back on uh, back on Skype again, but we'll make it happen. Uh we got we had a, we had a couple different things that that made us do this again. But here we are. We're going to have a wonderful hour of uh sports talk. Oh, yeah. The show must go on. The show must go on because we are consummate professionals, without a doubt. But speaking of consummate professionals, but we're going to not circle to that yet. Bad transition. Let's go. We're going to talk numbers don't lie shirts or brown shirt. Numbers don't lie. The B is an orange six. Your beautiful signature at the bottom, the any given podcast logo. Where can they get them, though?
1: You can find those exclusively at kentstageposters.com. That is kentstageposters.com.
0: You see, you see, uh, the wonderful uh, sponsor, if you will, of any given podcast, which is brought to you by kentstageposters.com. You, you created the website, it's a wonderful website. What else can they get on kentstageposters.com? You can get almost any of your favorite recent shows that
1: you have seen at the Kent stage at Kent And you know what? Why don't you pick up some shirts, pick up some shirts for, you know, your wife or husband, uh, pick up shirts for the kids. What about the aunt? What about your grandparents? And then while you're at it, Hey, do they love Todd Rundgren? Yes, they do. Why don't you pick up a Todd Rundgren poster? One of many, from the
0: Kent stage posters.com. Absolutely. And if somebody's performed at the Kent stage before and you don't see their poster on there, don't worry. We're getting to work on getting the rest up there. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I've got that on the agenda this week. We're going to, we're going to get the rest of the posters going and getting them all up there. So it's going to be a beautiful website coming up. Once again, Kent stage posters.com. Alright, now that we uh we got the we got we got that out of the way, the sponsoring and stuff like that. Let's get to UFC 260 more specifically with our Cleveland-based podcast. We're gonna talk about one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, Stepe Miocic. Unfortunately, Saturday night uh at the UFC Apex was not his night. Deviated away from his game plan a little bit, fought a certified killer in that ring across from him and Francis Naganu. Uh and and Stepe uh Stipe uh fell short for it. He ends up losing in the second round by knockout. Uh, but a couple days after the fight, Stipe comes and he really says what we thought he would say. Uh, humble in defeat and accepts his loss and knows that he, he he messed up a little bit in his game plan, and that he's not sure where life's taking him. He's got he's gonna welcome a child into the world in the next couple months, and he's gonna deal with being a dad right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Stipe is cream of the crop, uh, just a great individual. I mean, the guy's a firefighter. He doesn't need to be a firefighter in Valley View, Ohio, where we went to school. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need to be a firefighter, but that's his passion. His pat. He has two passions. That's mixed martial arts, and that's helping out the community. And I mean, just a stand-up guy in general. The way that he came out and said that, um, he even admitted he was like, that was an ugly – that was an ugly knockout. He was like, I was unconscious. Hey, but he gave the props where props are due. Um, He changed up his fighting technique a a little bit, which kind of – he was going more blow for blow than being more of a uh, on-the-ground type fighter. Uh, maybe that's where he dropped the ball, but either way, just a stand-up guy. What he said, like you said, he's bringing in a child. Um, yeah, if if he wants to come back to fighting, go for it. And if you know, if he calls it quits, he, he's still the goat of the heavyweight in UFC.
0: Oh, without a doubt, more title defenses than anybody ever in UFC heavyweight history. Uh, I should say most successful title defenses uh in UFC history uh a two-time champion uh he did lose it to Daniel Cormier and then got it back so a two-time champion but like you said in that in that first fight uh against Naganu, uh Stepe really got to fight his fight he got to lay on him he got to wrestle him he he didn't go blow for blow with a guy who hits as hard as being hit at, by a Ford Focus going 25 miles an hour uh you 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 didn't get he didn't get hit by a Mac truck in the first fight. And uh there's there's probably one guy in that heavyweight division that nobody in this in that division wants to go toe-to-toe with when it comes to just trading punches. And that's the guy he had across the ring from him. And unfortunately Stepe chose to do that. But like you said, whether he uh, decides to put the gloves on again or not, uh his run will will be hard to match. Uh undoubtedly right now the ufc goat uh now there there's been a few and there you're always going to be uncrowned uh, that's that that's the fight game for you but props to stipe like you said uh, all about the community action uh, i just wish uh he was a a bigger star in the eyes of the ufc because i feel like they had such such a, such a big star on their hand however He's doing local window nation commercials rather than, I don't know, like a Reebok commercial or, or, or a big sponsor Mm -hmm. commercial, uh, like some of the other guys. So there, there, there have been some guys that I feel UFC has fell short on in terms of marketing them. Stipe being one Tyron Woodley was a very, uh, a very good fighter for a long time for them who they just didn't market that well. He was boring. Uh, he felt, they felt he was boring. So, so we're not going to get into UFC's failures at marketing, one of their best superstars ever, though. Uh, but Well, I, go I,
1: I can't say real fast on that with the marketing and the UFC. The reason they didn't go as hard on Stipe as they did McGregor, it's because Stipe didn't have that attitude. McGregor, he wanted to be, you know, Hollywood, wearing the fur coats, walking – you know, Prop 12, doing all that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Stipe, I get that for sure. When Stepe wasn't fighting, he was at the firehouse in Valley View or he was training with Miles Garrett. He wasn't out there acting a fool. He wasn't on TMZ every day. So I can I can understand where the UFC kind of went off of that, but they could have helped a little bit with marketing with Stipe. Like you said, a Reebok commercial, would have been perfect for pay
0: just, just something to grow that star that could be beneficial to both of them. Uh, you, I would argue that you had two of the best heavyweights to ever grace the heavyweight division there on Saturday. But I would argue that it probably wasn't top 10 in pay-per-view sales. Um, And I get that pay is probably a little boring, like you said, to the general public if you're not – a Cleveland fan like we are and have that kind of pride for the fact that, that that's where Stipe is from. Uh, but, but no matter where he's from or how boring he can be. And I, like you said, the loud mouths, the loud mouths get it. Uh, they actually like could Habib or however you say his name, because I'll never be able to say his name. Right. Cause I, they, they change it every other time. He, he fights Habib uh, is a guy that I feel like the UFC finds really boring but unfortunately he's the best guy they've ever had at the, in that division. Um so 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 we get these guys and 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 really like you 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 learn that about some types of professional fighters. The real nasty ones and the real good ones are often the ones that are very quiet and and aren't really going to wow. say anything. It, it's the loudmouths uh who end up falling flat on their face because they 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 sell themselves so high.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, another one who, in my personal opinion, isn't a loudmouth, that is Nunez. And the only really time you see her is for a Modelo commercial.
0: Yeah, and uh, other than that, like the only other times you see her is when she's on a fight card and they're promoing it at the event before or something like that. Honestly, Nunez fought last month. Until and until the day she fought, I had no idea she was fighting.
1: Yeah, she just uh, one of those things—just being quiet, you know, letting their letting their styles and their their fighting styles
0: just do the talking. Uh, yeah, basically.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And uh, speaking of Cleveland, how about them brownies? How about them brownies? Yeah, let's go ahead and get into that. You want to tell them what happened with the Browns last week? Yeah, so late last week, the Cleveland Browns hosted
1: free agent, defensive end, Jadavion Clowney. This was the first visit that Clowney has ever taken in his career. No other word has came out about his signing. However, there has been no word of any other team showing interest. So... That would be pretty nasty, Clowney, and then you have got Garrett on the other side.
0: Um, I'm liking those odds. Uh, I think that they 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 probably end up working out this deal. I think Clowney is somebody who really needs to prove it, and and opposite of Miles Garrett, he'll really get a chance to, uh, because he's not going to draw so as much interest as a name like Javon Clowney does from offensive uh, offensive lines. Uh, so I think it's a very, very, very good signing if they do, uh, but at the right price, Clowney, Clowney's coming off a of surgery. He missed most of the year last year. Uh, i definitely don't want to give him the 17 million that the, uh, Titans gave him last year. But aside from that, bring him in. Uh, if he's going to be a cheap guy, that's going to fill that role. Uh, I'm, I'm all in on a defensive end position, that's filled with Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, Tack McKinley, and Porter Gustin.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: that sounds good to me. I'm liking that. Liking that lineup right there. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, the, I think the Browns have t- made, t- made strides on that defense, uh, which was really their only hole last year. Special teams played very well. Offense played very well. Defense was the biggest hole and the reason they lost the five games they did uh miles garrett uh hopefully is back to full strength coming into this year if he is booking for defensive player of the year like i said a couple weeks ago just very interested to see what they do there's still some people out there they could sign and we got the draft in a month a little less than
1: absolutely yeah and like you were saying about Clowney coming off the surgery i know he's injury prone but if he can like you said also like you said Just that cheap contract, bring him in as a veteran to come and help the team. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Yeah, like you said, the 17 mil, that's insanity. If they're going to give him some big contract, then I don't want him on the team. That was kind of what
0: I said about JJ Watt. Yeah, there was no one on the market this year that I thought deserved 17 million a year. Or JJ got what, 16? And that, that I think that kind of set the market as high as it would go. But like you said, JJ didn't deserve sixteen. Uh well, I, I'm not gonna say he didn't deserve sixteen. I wouldn't personally have given him sixteen. Because you're you're only worth what someone will pay you, and someone paid him sixteen million dollars a year. Yeah. Um hey, they got that Arizona money out there. What they just uh they signed somebody today. I, I missed it. They signed uh, a backup quarterback. Yeah, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. There you go. I knew. Yeah, Colt McCoy. They signed earlier today. uh to, to be the backup. Speaking of the Cardinals, the Browns uh, host host the Cardinals in the seven in uh, what what is now the seventeenth game, of the, but it might not be week seventeen that they host them. They're the seventeenth opponent.
1: Yeah, I uh, earlier today I had one of those like doy dummy moments when somebody was like we have an 18 game schedule and in my head I was like it's a 17 oh 18 week not <laughs> so, so it was kind of one of those
0: yeah rampart, now you have 18
1: weeks like, yeah I was like seven oh duh what am i thinking
0: there's a, there's a lot of people that are mad that it's not 17 games in 19 weeks to give to give room for that second bye week for but, people yeah they, they didn't do that they didn't do that they did 17 weeks they did three preseason games we're still going to get a Super Bowl around the same time yeah as, as it's been every year instead of pushing it back and and we're going to roll with it we might as well get into that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to the Dolphins stuff but we might as well get into it now that we're talking about it the league did, as we talked about, uh, add a 17th regular season game to the schedule. Uh, the the CBA, uh, which it, in which this is outlined, was agreed upon last year prior to coming into the, into the COVID season, as we call it now. Uh, but uh, so, so really it was, this is kind of just a, an official statement like, yeah, you guys gave us permission. We're taking advantage of it now. So I don't think it's really that surprising. I've heard a lot of talk that this is just a step towards 18. Uh, but if you're going to start doing 18 games, I think you're going to start getting into wild kind of conspiracies where you're going to start seeing uh, expansion teams starting to be talked about, which they already are, and I think eventually we'll get there. But uh, for right now, 17 games, there's some unhappy people uh like Alvin Kamara was pretty upset about it, despite the fact that they agreed last year. Like this is, like I said, not anything that came out of left field. Uh, didn't that any of us didn't see coming? We knew it was coming. It was. This is more of just a formality uh, in this case.
1: Yeah, um, I could totally see, like you were saying, conspiracies about expansions. So if they do move it up to that. The XFL and the CFL are now currently talking about um, like a partnership. Um, I was thinking of the term merger. That's why it took me a second. Uh, A merger with those two. And I could see, if anything, uh, at least two Canadian teams. If they're going to start talking – expansion teams, I could see, you know, uh, the Rough Riders coming down or the Tiger Cats and being in the NFL um, uh, within with, within the next five to 10 years.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of where we would end up. Uh, I think the talk that I, I heard was four teams, uh, two Canada teams, like you said, a, a, a team in, down in Mexico City, and then a a team over at Wembley Stadium in London, uh, four additional teams, uh, two in each conference. My thing is, is it's it's really hard to just throw teams in into a division. You know what I'm? They're gonna have to go into a division, uh. So you're gonna have a you're gonna have a situation where in each conference you have two four team divisions and two five team divisions, or and or are you gonna completely reshuffle them? Uh, the fact that you now would have 18 teams in each conference and do like three six team divisions or, or something like that.
1: Yeah. You would have, you'd have to split them up somehow as long as you don't touch the AFC North.
0: Well, fine. and that's kind of like the, the conversation is how do you do that? Really? Like all these rivalries are completely instilled in this. Like, could you imagine splitting up the AFC East and and, and let's j- just say for sh- for shits and giggles uh you you put them in the AFC North now now you're starting to put like a Jets team and a we'll say a Patriots team in the AFC North which is i f- i think would be a very very competitive AFC North going forward obviously the Browns and Jets have that unspoken rivalry there the Jets and Pats already have that unspoken rivalry but 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 now what do you do about those Bills fans that just absolutely can't stand New England and then all of a sudden it's just an after-fact because they're no longer in the same division together and then and then what do you do with the Jaguars who just i mean really Jaguars games don't really matter to people but put them in the south i guess yeah and and, and that's kind of where I'm at is you you're gonna be breaking up two divisions and and adding two teams to to two existing divisions and then just creating a random division of just a plethora of different teams from each from each other division
1: yeah and and I, I get the two the two Canadian teams right so you can put one on the west.
0: Then have one; they'd probably be in the north, right? If you think about it, you could probably do like Toronto uh, and then like Winnipeg or something. I don't know how close they are to each other, but I get what you're saying. Closer over there, closer to Alaska, at, or somewhere closer towards like where we enter in New York slash this area.
1: Yeah, the only the only problem I see um, is having a English team. How's that going to work? They got to fly across the pond.
0: Yeah, that, I I, it, 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 I couldn't imagine. Right? Yeah, I couldn't imagine having a team every single week, and not every week. We'll say eight or nine now uh, weeks a year. There's going to be a team from America traveling over to England to, and mm-hmm. and without a doubt, like. Those have always been throwaway games. Yeah, you get the
1: trash teams, and you toss them over there, and they play at
0: nine o'clock. Yeah, last year I think we got uh, Giants versus Jaguars, Cole McCoy versus. Uh, it wasn't even Minshew; it was like Gabbard or something like that. It was bad. Yeah. It was it was very bad. Like. Uh, and that's what they do. They don't tend to put, like, the Browns, now that they're good, don't go to London. When they were bad, we were there twice, two two times in two seasons. Like, that's yeah. it's just kind of like you don't send good if, games over there. If the NFL really wants to expand to Europe, bring back NFL Europe, bring back that league. I think it'd make more sense to just put a league over there. You know, eight yeah, teams, something like that. I'm sure you could find eight stadiums over there. You can you could house teams. Uh like you said, bring NFL Europe back. I think expansion, if you're gonna do it, Canada, uh possibly Mexico City, depending on if they can figure out that field down there. And then you start looking at places <laughs> that have lost teams. Uh I think you could probably throw someone in St. Louis and and, and that demographic would be very happy. You you San give a team Diego. I was going to – you give a team back to San Diego or Oakland. Uh, actually, probably not Oakland because you can't give anybody back in Oakland besides yeah. the Raiders. If it's not the Raiders, they're not going to want it. So so San Diego, uh, where else? I don't know. You could throw one anywhere, man. There's there's so many states that are just underrepresented in terms of teams. I. Yeah, I, I could
1: um... – trying to think off the top of my head. You could throw one in uh, North Dakota.
0: Yeah, or or and call it Dakota. Put it somewhere yeah. closer to the border of North and South and call it Dakota. Like the Panthers. Yeah, like Carolina. Yeah, do something like that to where you can represent two because then you've got the select few states like Ohio and Texas and Los Angeles that have two teams. Mm-hmm. Ohio has Cincinnati and Cleveland. Dallas or Texas has Dallas and Houston. L A or California has LA, LA, San Francisco. Yeah, I feel like I missed.
1: Um, it. I I I'm trying to think. Um, oh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, the three New York teams.
0: Um, yeah, Buffalo, New York, and New York.
1: You could, I I mean, one of those, because you know those guys are crazy about football in North Dakota with the Bison and stuff. Yeah. You give them a team, you give one of those middle states that, you know, they have to root for a team that's three states, two states, three states away from them. You plop a franchise down there. Obviously, it's not going to be the best, but.
0: It, it, it's all about it's all about kind of building it right like the texans are in a very bad spot right now but since they were expansion team they've had every opportunity to be a good team they they they've had uh matt Schaub, who isn't great but but in his own right could be could at some point have been a decent professional starting quarterback with people around him uh then you give the keys to Bill O'Brien, and he really set your franchise back about 10 years. Uh, now you're sitting with Deshaun Watson, and whatever ends up happening with him, uh, we we know one thing for certain, he does not want to play in Houston. Uh, so really, you've got a team that's just Laramie Tunsil uh, and the few free agents you were able to sign this year, like Christian Kirksey which no knock on Kirk, love the dude. I would have brought him back to Cleveland. Uh, but when you, when you think about his track record, it's not a big signing for Houston. But
1: Absolutely. Um, and what was I was going to say? One last thing um, about giving a, giving a state a team that doesn't have any, and I'm trying to think. I had it on the tip of my tongue, but um...
0: oh, Hawaii! Hawaii, I think would be. I mean, it's it's a little bit of uh, it's about half the travel of the to of the European team, uh, so I could see it there. I was thinking of like an Oregon team. Uh, I feel like Oregon uh, would love to have a team plopped plopped over there in Portland somewhere. Uh, cause I feel like they're a very, very, rich, uh, sports sports town. Maybe, uh, just, just, I don't know. There's random somewhere in Wyoming. Uh, I feel like would be, oh, yeah. be a pretty good spot to drop a team. Uh, you know, just, just some of these bigger football, bigger football towns that you tend to, uh, think about uh, but let's get ahead and uh, the Miami Dolphins kind of set off set off alerts all over everywhere on Friday uh, first big blockbuster deals of the uh, the draft season and we got two of them from the same team the Dolphins traded the number three pick which they held from the uh, Houston Texans uh, in this year's draft to the San Francisco 49ers who seemingly moved up for a quarterback despite having Jimmy G. Uh, The 49ers traded the number 12 pick this year, two additional first round picks, both in 2022 and 2023. So their next three first round picks and a third round pick in 2022, Uh, all all to move up nine spots to. I mean, if you give up that that much, you're probably drafting a quarterback pretty much who's left of the top three. The Dolphins then decided to go back up to six. The Eagles apparently tried to get the Dolphins pick or the Jets pick to draft Zach Wilson. That was unsuccessful, so that they decided to move back. First of all, is Jalen Hurts just not the answer in Philadelphia? He
1: seemed like it, at the end of last season.
0: Seemed the seemed like that was,
1: was their guy, right?
0: Yeah, seemed, absolutely. Seemed, seemed like that was their guy. So to so to think they were going up for a quarterback. I mean, it is the Philadelphia Eagles. Nothing surprises me with them. But this could be a BS BS report. Uh, I tend to believe Adam Schefter, though. So, But they, the Dolphins decided to go back up to six. Later that day, it was in the same day. So the Dolphins made two draft day trades in the same day. To move up those six spots, they gave away number 12. So they, they gave the Eagles the pick they got from the 49ers. They gave away a fourth-round pick. This year, pick number one, twenty three and a twenty twenty two first round pick. So the other pick they got from the forty ers In addition to the sixth overall pick, though, they did get a pick one fifty six in this year's draft, the fifth round. Uh, so basically the jet, the the Miami Dolphins moved back three spots. They, they obviously decide to it decided to as their guy. They don't want one of those quarterbacks they could have gotten their hands on up there. To move back three spots, they picked up two first-round picks, a fourth-round pick, and a fifth-round pick. Okay. <laughs> I mean, can't beat that. All two, really. um, and, and now that that run of quarterbacks at the top is probably going to happen, they moved all that back, got all that draft capital, and still are probably going to get their best shot at a very good offensive tackle. Or probably the best skill position player in this year's draft. Yeah, so do you
1: think they're gonna go after Devontae Smith?
0: Uh I think they're gonna go after Kyle Pitts.
1: Okay. I could yeah, I could see that.
0: I think they Yeah, I think Jasicki is is good, but I think it's time to pay him. Absolutely. So, so Bye bye, Jasicki. So
1: with the um with the Eagles, so they get number twelve. Do they go after Devontae Smith?
0: Because if he's, he's there. gonna
1: be he's gonna be up there. And obviously both teams need, like you said, skill players to come out and catch the ball. Obviously they did not do that. Um They didn't do that trade for no reason. Just hold on to it and make another trade. These guys know who they're going after. They know exactly where they can get them. I, I think it was a good trade all around for these guys.
0: Yeah, the Dolphins somehow won draft day already a month ahead of time. Uh, just, just simply yeah. because of what they got back. Just to move back three spots and pick the player. Like It's almost like uh, the opposite of what Kevin Costner did in draft day. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> Kevin Costner in draft A moved up to get the pick he wanted anyways that he could have gotten at his pick uh the Dolphins moved back and they're probably going to get the guy they wanted anyways because they're not going to pick a quarterback uh they do need a tackle so maybe they could have picked uh P and I and uh I'll get a lot more in the draft draft the draft boards and stuff in the coming weeks I know I know a couple names there at the top uh but relatively, I need to know the back half of that draft even further because I really couldn't tell you who the Browns should be looking at. Um, I know there's a linebacker out of Georgia that's pretty good. But after that top 10, it, it gets really murky for me uh, at this moment in time. But that's because we're, uh, we've we been in that on that football break uh, and just focusing on free agency right now. Uh but we're gonna move on from uh football because we're we're over halfway done and we haven't even got to the second subject. We're gonna go through NASCAR quickly. Uh the uh the dirt race at Bristol uh this Sunday was rained, was rained out, postponed to Monday. Joey Logano ends up winning Monday's race after taking uh the lead from Daniel Suarez on lap 193 out of a scheduled two fifty. Uh after that Logano was able to hold his hold his own the rest of the way, battling through a caution for the second stage break, the second stage break, and a a late caution that sent the race into overtime.
1: Yeah, I mean I love the whole concept of the dirt track, the personal dirt track. Joey Logano, he's been itching all season.
0: Oh yeah. He's been close. W? He's been close, man. I feel like, and it's kind of one of those things where Logano's always at the top, and it's it's a snap of a finger, and he could be number one, and he was this week,
1: yeah, um it was a shame there was a random delay on Sunday, but it was kind of fun yesterday on Monday, turning on you know Fox at four p m and watching the race,
0: yeah, it gave people something yeah. to do on a Monday afternoon, right,
1: right. And you know what? A lot of people, they get off at 5 p.m. And they came home and they caught the rest of the race.
0: Yeah.
1: So it wasn't like they decided to do a 1 p.m. race or something. It was at 4 p.m. Yeah, once they nobody, got
0: through there. Nobody got screwed.
1: Yeah. Uh, great race all around. <laughs> a lot of getting loose. But that's – you put – I even though they have like the dirt – tires and they have the different spoilers and stuff for their exhaust so it doesn't get in there and clog it up yeah. um, a lot of guys were still getting loose on those turns i saw um Kyle larson got caught up uh yeah i mean
0: just, that's because no matter what you put on that car for all those precautionary measures nothing grips like asphalt man
1: right especially when you're going that fast
0: yeah you're going to slide around in dirt, dirt rolls. It's, it's, it's not a, uh, it, you, you can think it's as compacted as you want, but the minute you start kicking that, that thing at 200 miles an hour, you're going to roll. And, right. and,
1: you got, you got 40 racers doing the same thing, tearing up that dirt. And then, yeah, you're, you're going to be, uh, Moving around quite a bit.
0: It's almost – it, with dirt, it's almost a new racetrack every lap. Yeah. Because you're kicking – there's, like you said, 40 people kicking up dirt. That same dirt, that number one hit on his way through – Number forty isn't hitting, and number one definitely isn't hitting that same dirt again when he comes back through. So, it, like, it, it's just slippery all the way around. There's no, there's no wear down of the track like there is on the asphalt. Uh, so, so getting loose, and and they talked about it. It's the reason it was so hyped up. Dirt race, dirt races are fantastic. One of my favorite races to ever watch. It, it was fantastic. I caught a little bit of it, not not all of it, uh, but just just a fantastic race. Kudos to Logano, who is now the seventh racer, in or seventh driver, I should say, in seven consecutive races. Seventh different driver to win seven consecutive races to start the season. We they haven't had a, a repeat winner all year yet. Uh, but the next race is is eleven days away. It's not till Saturday, April tenth. Uh, it's obviously because Easter is this Sunday. Uh, at. But it's a night race. It's at seven thirty p.m. Uh, it's in at Martinsville Speedway in Tennessee. It is the Blue Email Emu Maximum Pain Relief Five Hundred. That was a mouthful. Uh, the the that the the race I'm gonna say marks the second night race hosted by Martinsville Speedway in Cup Series history. It will be the first race of the ce- the season at the Paperclip. The half mile oval located in Martinsville. Who you got? The,
1: um. Damn, that's a that's a tough one. Um, Chase Elliott. If it's the it's the inside oval, right? Yeah. So so it's a. Um, it's a
0: road course. Yeah, short track, too. Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. Yeah, uh, I mean, top 10 all all year. He hasn't missed a top 10 yet this year. Uh, and, and since you're going with your driver, I'm going to go ahead and go with my driver, uh, William Byron. I'm going to go ahead and say he wins another race this this year, uh, this week. He William Byron also, I know he's young, but he still hasn't missed a top 10 yet this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a a fantastic driver. I I enjoy him driving the 24. Even though I think it should be retired, I think he's a good enough
0: driver to at least,
1: you know, drive in it just like Chase Elliott.
0: At least he's not Ah. Austin
1: Dillon. Right. Like, that's a whole thing, three car man come on yeah that
0: that one's a big deal man there there should have never ever been put a number three on another car again no matter what league you were in that's like jackie robinson type stuff man that's right no never yeah. no no other team should ever wear the 42 no other person should ever don the three on a car uh we got in that conversation a couple weeks ago like you said three 24 uh i'd go for eight uh i'd go for 20 43. 48 43 uh I'd even say two. Uh I know Kozlowski has it now, but two was a big one back in the day. I think
1: he's had it. I think he's had it for so long. Yeah. That he can't was take into driving it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you can't take it away from him because it was given to him immediately and people didn't really mm-hmm. think about Rusty Wallace being as big as he was back then. Uh but without a doubt, twenty four and three I do believe should have been 24-3-8 and eight should have been locked up, thrown away the key, never, 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 never on the side of a car again. But that's neither yeah, here I mean, nor, nor there. You, you look around sports, any
1: sports stadium, you got the Ring of Honor at First Energy Stadium. You have all the flags – or not the flags, all the numbers of the retired players, a progressive field. Everybody retires number. Obviously – it's a little different between Dale Earnhardt and Jackie Robinson, but I understand what you're saying.
0: It's just the same level of.
1: Of respect. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody should be able to drive the three. Nobody should be able to wear the 42. The last person to wear the 42 was Mariano Rivera because it was before that. And he also, I believe he got a blessing from Jackie Robinson to wear it. Yeah. Or Jackie's. Jackie's wife one of the yeah, I was, say, he was to... probably gone before Mariano he was gonna give it up
0: and she said that he could wear it which but, is um, which is cool uh Mariano ended up being a Hall of famer uh well I don't know he's not yet but he will be no he is he is yeah I thought he was I don't know why I second guessed myself man look at me being dumb uh but you want to get into some basketball now yeah, let's go. Uh, since beating the, the – the Cavs actually beat the Bulls last Wednesday, but since then have lost three in a row. Now, they've played some decent competition. Not really. They played the Lakers. They lost by 14 points uh, to to a Lakers squad that's playing all backups right now. No LeBron James, no Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder or however you say his name, is the star of the team. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is out there playing like it like he's Eminem. Uh, have you seen that man's hairdo lately? Uh yes. With a real yeah, slim shady stand-up. That is very bad. Uh he, he looks like he looks like Jonah Hill in 21 Jump Street. Uh like not even playing it. But and they've looked very bad. So to lose to them by 14 points is just terrible. And then a turnaround uh and the next the next game they played. Uh, they play the Kings, uh, the Sacramento Kings, who have been a poverty franchise for about 10 years now. Uh, as far as I can remember, actually, I don't know if the Kings have ever been good. Uh, I'm sure they have. And they had they had some guys back in the day. But since since I've watched basketball, not really. Uh, not only that, but they let Harrison Barnes go full LeBron against the Wizards a few years back on him. Take a full court inbounds pass. Turn around and hit a game-winning three with seconds on the clock, to 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 take a W away from them, uh, and they end up losing by two points. So just they found a new way to lose, and 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 then they get themselves in a uh, in a, in a matchup with the Western Conference leading Utah Jazz, and uh, th- they they lost like they were playing the Western Conference leading Utah Jazz. They lost by twenty plus points. It was bad.
1: Yeah, Um, I got a few of those games just uh, piss-poor performance. Uh, You're not really seeing that great a defense. Uh, The passing isn't really there. I think now with, you know, McGee and Drummond leaving, and I I don't even know what's going on with Kevin Love, but he seems to be sitting on the bench. I think it's all these young guys – they sound like the uh seagulls from Nemo, from Finding Nemo. Mine, 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 mine. They all just wanna be they want this is my team. This is my team, mine, mine, mine. I'm the captain now. I'm the captain now. Yeah, they don't it's have like they don't
0: talk. have that vocal leader.
1: No. They don't. And and they, they did have it with McGee, who won. Um championship or two with uh, Golden State, Drummond who is a seasoned vet then you just have Kevin Love who wants to be an uh, Instagram model and spokesperson like his Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition fiance it's like come on man, do you want to be here or don't you? You're making all this money, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, Kevin Love camp? wanted to I'm be here i him what? Kevin Love wanted to be here until he signed yeah, well, that if, thirty million a year contract.
1: If I'm the Cavs, I'm cutting him
0: after this season. Oh, I mean, you he might as well cut easy. your losses, right? What's the difference? Yeah, like just, especially if he comes back and gets hurt again.
1: He's just a. Uh, what's the best way to say? It? He's just like a hangover from the LeBron era.
0: It's, it's sitting around. It's the last hanging nail that's sitting yeah. there it's just it it's it's the old man at the bar that don't realize he was an alcoholic 40 years ago like it it's it's all of that stuff and it's just it, it drives me insane i reports last week were starting to come out like kevin love to miss tonight's game yeah no, sh- no. yeah that's dumb. news like no crap man like he played what
1: one quarter this whole season did he
0: I didn't I even know he's seen he game back. action at all this year. I thought he came back earlier in the season and then re-hurt his knee. He might have, and I missed it, but I swear he got hurt in the preseason and, and hasn't played in a regular season game this year. Maybe that. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, was yeah. the preseason game. Possibly. Because, go on. I was just going to say, I just said possibly.
1: Yeah, it's um to go off what you were saying, it's the guy at the end of the bar that talks about he, he's essentially what he is, is, um. oh man, why am I blanking on, now I'm, uh, He's uh, he's Ed Bundy, that's who he is. Okay. He, he's Ed Bundy talking about the four touchdown game he had in high school while he's working at the female, or the women's shoe company. That's who Kevin Love is. He talks about the 16th championship and all these guys that these young kids that come in are like, okay, cool, man. Awesome, dude. He's like, you know, I scored four touchdowns in one game for Polkai. That's just pretty much who he seems to be. He just sits on the bench.
0: Yeah, I'm done with him, man. Done.
1: Yeah, get rid of him this offseason. He's just a wasted cap space.
0: See, see, like I could sit here and know that the Cavs aren't going to be good. Like we know that they're a young team. They're 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 in that LeBron hangover still, like you said. But when there's these straggling pieces, these kids see that and they're just like, well, he's just kind of collecting money. Why can't we? Now there there's right. Colin Sexton who's a workhorse and he goes out and he scores forty one points, but he's a young kid. He's not going to be doing it doing that all the time, and he's not going to be doing it by himself. There there's no direction on this team. Uh, where are the Cavs that showed up the first 20 games of this season where me and you were sitting here talking and we're like, man, they look like they could be a decent, fun team, a very scrappy team that could fight for seventh or eighth place in the East. And now it's like, hey, man, what's the point in winning? Let's get our best odds at number one. Uh, the, the I mean, I'm not going to sit here and call out all the people on Twitter who have hashtag tank for Cade Cunningham or, or Evan Mobley or whoever the, whoever you, you feel is the number one pick in this year's NBA draft. Uh, I'm just, I'm done with the tanking. Like I I get it. It, It's a very relevant part of bad sports franchises. Uh, But it's just, you can't tank when you've got a guy who, at the end of your bench, who's making $30 million a year. And like you said, he's just an old man telling you about the good old days.
1: Right. I remember when I was on an
0: episode of Entourage.
1: <clears throat> yeah, see, I, I like Kevin Love a lot. It's just, dude, he hasn't done anything in the last two years. He's like the meme where the person's poking the other person with a stick, like, hey, do something.
0: Come on, do something.
1: If if you're going to sit out that many games and stuff, at least go and help coach.
0: Right. Right. Do something.
1: It's whatever. Hey, you know what? I'm not uh, Dan Gilbert. Yeah. I'm not JB Pickerstaff.
0: I can be mad all I want, but it's not my money.
1: Right. (laughs) Exactly. It's not my money. So I don't really care. I would just enjoy to watch a another Cavs season where they at least are contenders. Right. For the playoffs, not even deep playoffs.
0: And just, just, just kind of get there, man. Because I feel like that's the journey is one of the the my favorite parts of the entire the entire um, ordeal. You know what I'm saying? The journey into getting to the playoffs, the 82 game stretch. The the playoffs are obviously fun, but I, I'm very into learning everything about different people. But but you want to move on from basketball and getting, getting to get into opening day? Yeah, we can do that. We got, we got a little over 10 minutes left. We might as well get to some opening day stuff. Sounds good, yes. Let's bust that out. Opening day is upon us, people. Thursday, April 1st. So by the time you see this, it'll be... Tomorrow is opening day. Uh, the Indians do take on the Detroit Tigers over in Detroit uh, at 110 pm. Yes.
1: So here's the thing that I'm gonna ask you, Brendan. what? What is your predictions
0: for opening day? My prediction for opening day, what do you you mean like the lineup and things like that? Or you mean like uh no
1: no no, more like what do you think this season's gonna
0: Where do I see this season happening? Yeah. Uh, uh so the Indians I feel uh I don't necessarily I'm not gonna say they're out of the central because in the central I've seen anything happen. The White Sox uh were a very big part of of, of the race last year, uh for the Central and they weren't supposed to be. Uh, the Kansas City Royals uh, beat the crap out of the Cleveland Indians last year but were nowhere to be found in the end when it became, when it came to that race uh, for the central. Uh, so it's very hard to say that they're out of it so so but expect the Indians to be a little below 500 uh, by the end of the year uh, but to be fighting for for that central uh, and a few things bounce their way uh, they could be above an above 500 team. And and win the central and and really compete. Uh, pitching goes a long way in in major league baseball, without a doubt. And without a doubt, the Indians have one of, if not the, best pitching staff in baseball. Still, Sans Trevor Bauer, Sans Mike Clevenger, trading away Corey Kluber, and we still get guys like Shane Bieber and uh, Zach Plesac and Aaron Savali. And Tristan McKenzie. Now, they did trade away Adam Plutko randomly last week, which always kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. But I'm not going to fight when we have guys, like I said, like Bieber, uh, Plesak, Savali. Uh, very interested to see Karen Chak in a closing-type role this year. Uh, Kyle Quantrill, uh, Nick Wittgren, uh, who was that other young young reliever? I can't think of his name. Um, Blonde kid. Are you talking about Fleecack? Um, no, that's. The, you already a, mentioned
1: him. He's a starter. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a
0: starter. He's a reliever. I don't know why I can't think of his name, man. It's.
1: Blonde kid.
0: That's because
1: uh, all I can think about is Devil uh,
0: Double nine
1: because he stole my number. I was I'll still waiting on the call to come up to the bigs, and he stole my number, man. I was kind of messed up, but um, the blonde reliever, longer hair, not hey. not not um, not Karencheck long. No, but he had I was, longer. He, it was like kind of.
0: I was thinking of Cam Hill. Gotcha, and well, and then I didn't even think about him, but they they also have Phil Maton who 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 put together a heck of a season last year.
1: Absolutely. Um Yeah, like we've talked about, you know, they have Jake Powers
0: playing first for opening yeah. day. I mean, that was more of a business decision than anything. Yeah. It's to get that extra time of control over Bobby Bradley. Yep. And then um
1: so the opening day lineup for the tribe, batting first, Jordan Luplo, center field. They did that just because um Mercado was having a rough uh he was having a rough spring training, then batting second, Cesar Hernandez at second, second base, batting second. Hey now. And then at third base, batting third, Jose Ramirez. Batting fourth, Eddie Rosario at left field. Fifth, Fred Mil Reyes, DH, who started off slow in spring training, but definitely found his groove. So hopefully he can keep that groove
0: going. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's because he's going to be a big, big part of their success this year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's our power bat. As Franmil moves, so will the Indians.
1: Yep, and then sixth, right field, Josh Naylor. Wow. Seventh, Jake Bowers at first base. Uh, eight, my guy Roberto at catcher, Perez not Pr- right. Perez, and then uh, number nine, um, Andreas Jimenez, which that's sh- is short. Um, I'm excited to see what he can.
0: Uh I th- I think he's going he's going to fill the hole very well defensively. Uh but as you can tell he's hitting ninth, so offensively probably not going to help as much as you would hope. Uh really this is the first time I've actually sat and as you were reading me the lineup, I thought about the lineup. I think 1 through 6 is pretty solid. Yeah. Uh like you said, you got you got Luplo Hernandez Ramirez, I like I like the Luplo. Uh, maybe not, but there you go. Uh, we'll we'll deal with it. Uh, I That's, like Hernandez. Luplo's
1: like I'm like I'm saying. Uh, Ricado was having that really yeah. rough spring training. He wasn't hitting anything, so Tito decided to have him start the season down in AAA, and then once he gets his group back,
0: come yeah. back up to the big. He'll be the one hitter. And yeah. I really like that when Mercado is the one hitter. And then you put it Rosario at four. I like that too, because then it, it allows Fran Mill at five to really be either that, that back end to that first, first couple or really the bridge that holds the mold together for the back half of that lineup. So I really like it. And then Naylor uh, showed, showed a few flashes last year that I think given the right opportunity could 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 make something happen. And then Perez uh at eight, I like that. Uh obviously he, he's gonna give you a little bit of pop, but he's not always mm-hmm. gonna hit the ball. Uh Jimenez just excited to see what he can do. He's a young guy uh, and you could always develop him. They liked him over there in the Mets. Uh he he was the starter for the Mets, so he's he's seen a full season. Uh and and that's really all I want at this point in time.
1: I said Jimenez instead of Jimenez. I always think about Chris Jimenez, catcher in,
0: what was that 2017. Well, don't apologize. You could be saying it right. Uh-huh. So if I'm being truthful, I don't know how to pronounce the kid's name. It could be Jimenez.
1: All right. So with that being said, with the Tribe, and then obviously Shane Bieber's on the bump. Um. They just have to answer with runs. That's what
0: they have to do. They have and, to strike it offense. Yeah, and with Bieber on the Hill, you don't need that many, but you do need some. Absolutely.
1: And then um, real fast, before we go, I'm just going to list off uh, the Tigers, opening day lineup, uh, left field, Robbie Grossman, third base, Jameer. Candelario, shortstop Willie Castro, first base Miguel Cabrera, second base Jonathan Schoop, DH uh, Nomar Mazara, catcher uh, Wilson Ramos, right field Victor Reyes, and center field Jacoby Jones. So they get, they have a decent lineup here. Um, Miguel Cabrera batting fourth is kind of a He's lost that pop, I'll use your term, the pop that he used to have back, you know, in like 2010 when it was him and Victor out there. Um, Decent lineup. Let's see how it goes. So, yeah, like I said, Shane Bieber is on the bump for the Tribe. And then Matthew Boyd uh, will be pitching for Detroit. Um yeah you got to got to play clean defense and score runs i mean that's the simple basics to any sport you got to keep the errors down to a minimum i know at the beginning of the year they all, there's always some errors because you know people are coming fresh out of spring training they haven't been in the big league ballpark yet with you know 20,000 people in there or how many are allowed in there now, yeah, twelve or something, fifteen, so. something like that. I think the Indians are allowed twelve. Gotcha. So same as same as uh, First Energy Stadium. Yeah. So yeah, people are going to have the yips, natural thing, especially some of these younger guys that are coming in here. So um, don't look for it to be a crazy blowout game. It's it's going to be a pitchers' battle, but that's every opening day.
0: Every opening day, and you've got you've got the Cy Young, Cy Young winner on your team. Yeah. So so I mean, with him on the hill, you got You got a shot any given day, uh, and give him a little run support, and you're you're there. So, but they count now. Uh, spring training's over. Yep. This so, is the real deal. We got 160 of the real deal now. Absolutely. So.
1: Moving on from baseball and opening day, I'm going to get real quick to this day in sports history. March 30th, 2020, the International Olympic Committee announces that it has postponed the 2020 Summer Olympic Games, and they will be held January 23rd and through August 8th in this summer, 2021, because of the pandemic. So um, that's the state in sports history. Everything kind of got a little jumbled up with COVID 19. Um, baseball, basketball, football was still fine, but the Olympics.
0: Well, they're still even talking about that. That might not happen even in July this year.
1: The, that seems a little wild. Just completely cancel it until it, 24.
0: Well, yeah, because well, they're talking about kind of how because uh, it's supposed to be in Tokyo, and Japan has not administered. Uh, they they have the vaccine, but they 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 still have not decided to administer it, or, or give or give the okay to administer it. So the Olympic Committee is not sure they want to put on the Olympics in Tokyo. Absolutely, and
1: I I can understand where these athletes. You know, this is their whole lives. They've been training for this, you know, since they were kids. But you got to think about it at at a global scale, which the Olympics is. At a global scale, you have people coming from every single country, and then they're supposed to bubble with each other or something like that. Because you know, at the Olympic Park, that's what it was called, right? Where they would all just bang each other.
0: Yeah, that's 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 what it's called.
1: You got to – I would – you know what? I'd much rather wait – you know, do a summer and do a winter Olympics, something like that in 22.
0: Yeah. Just make it completely safe and open because like it is. It's a worldwide epicenter uh, in terms of just – it's almost like a United Nations, right? There's so many different cultures and people from different countries that I mean, it, it's almost like me and you aren't aren't really big on the politics of it, but it's almost a super spreader event. Uh, if if yeah. we're talking, if we're gonna sit here and talk about how the NBA All Star Game uh, was was a big deal for getting that many different groups of people from separate teams uh, uh, in one in one place for one weekend, uh, imagine getting all these different people from. 200 plus countries in a city for one weekend or not even one weekend for a month.
1: Yeah, It it just,
0: uh, it doesn't really make
1: any sense for them to try and do it. And there's a big difference between me going to progressive field when there's 12,000 people there spread out, throughout a 26,000 ballpark yeah. where you have to wear a mask, you ha- you get your temperature taken, they have Purell, they have all these precautions that they've been taking. Compared to going to the Olympics, and like you said, 200-plus countries, it, you, everybody that's anybody in the world is going to be there. So, you know what, just cancel it this year, too. Postpone it again. Do it. It's not going to matter if you do a 2022 summer and then a 2022 winter and then you go into a 2024 summer again.
0: Yeah. It's 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 not not. like
1: these athletes. It's not like a, a football team playing a game on Sunday and then playing a game on Thursday. These guys have two years to train their bodies, you know, so just, uh, that's just my opinion.
0: So yeah, I, I completely agree with you, my man. Uh don't don't have it unless you're fully can fully guarantee that it's not gonna create uh, a situation where we're kind of back at square one in terms of where we were on March thirtieth of last year. Uh yeah. you know what I'm saying? Let's not let's not put ourselves back there because we are close. Yep. We might not be done, but we we're close.
1: And like you said, too, about the NBA All-Star game being such a big deal, the big deal was Embiid and Simmons got their hair cut in Philadelphia and then went down, and then the barber tested positive. And you think about it, two players, three people pretty much, you know,
0: compared to the whole world coming together in Tokyo. Right it's just a risk that i think is unnecessary and like i said me and you typically don't get bogged down in the politics of all this um so so for us to kind of be on their side in this is is different uh and it's very it, it's very telling but th- that's all i got my man you got anything else you could follow me on twitter at E-T-H
1: Simpson, cgod you can follow me on instagram at ethsimpson
0: you can follow my main man at you can follow me on Twitter at BWard CLE on Instagram b.ward52. Do not forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at podcast given, as you can see up there. Uh, do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube. Make sure to check out Kentstageposters.com. You're not gonna want to miss all the deals they have there. Uh, thank you for tuning in to any given podcast brought to you by KentStagePosters.com. You have a wonderful, fantastic rest of your week. God bless and stay blessed.